0: Hello everyone and welcome to Entangled, the podcast where we explore the science of consciousness, the true nature of reality, and what it means to be a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm your host, Jordan Euclid, and I'm excited to introduce the podcast with this initial episode. The Genesis for this podcast started in May of twenty twenty one after a series of coincidences in my life led to my spiritual awakening. I've been down a number of rabbit holes since that time, which have led to my conclusion that consciousness is much more important than conventional science gives it credit for, and that the reality we live in is far stranger and more complicated than the consensus reality most of us perceive. Some of the big questions we'll be exploring in this podcast include, what does it mean to live a fulfilled and purposeful life? Did our souls exist prior to our birth, and will they persist after we die? Could the scientific materialist view of consciousness as a random evolutionary side effect of neurological connections in our brain be completely wrong? And instead, should the relationship be inverted, consider that consciousness itself could have manifested the universe as we know it? What are the implications of the Pentagon's 2017 disclosure of UAPs, more commonly referred to as UFOs? Could the true structure of the universe be holographic in nature, through which wave and particle exist simultaneously? What could the convergence of creation, imagination, and chaos indicate about the structure of the cosmos? What can we learn from the commonalities from people occasioning mystical experiences while on psychedelics, particularly the more powerful psychedelics like ayahuasca and DMT? And how should we interpret the fact that the human brain endogenously produces DMT in the pineal gland. Could extraterrestrials and or transdimensional beings be actively communicating with humans around the world? And if so, what are they trying to tell us? How can we leverage cryptocurrencies and decentralized finance to rethink the foundations of capitalism? What if artificial intelligence is love? Is consciousness in fact non-localized? And if so, what does that say about our interconnectedness with the planet and the universe? What mysteries from ancient civilizations remain to be discovered by modern archaeology? If governments, corporations, and international organizations remain incapable of changing our current trajectory towards climate disaster and geopolitical conflict, what can we the people do to collectively elevate humanity's consciousness and avoid an extinction-level event? Do coincidences exist, or are they in fact synchronicity? So while the topics discussed on this podcast will not resonate with everyone, I hope that they'll at least prove to be thought-provoking. And I ask that you approach these conversations with an open mind, recognizing that your existing perception of reality may have been heavily influenced by the dominant culture of the post-industrial revolution and by limitations in our current scientific understanding. So with that, here are some highlights from the first six conversations I've recorded. I can't thank my friends enough for participating in this podcast and for being willing to dive deep into uncomfortable territory for these discussions. Episode two, Annie O'Connell. Has it been difficult to navigate that perceived duality between being an accountant and also being a spiritual person?
1: It was initially, it was definitely something I hid from people unless i was certain they were going to understand what i was talking about and i also come from two parents on opposite sides of the spectrum i have a, uh-huh. my father's a cpa and my mother's a spiritual medium so like I've, I've seen the duality of my old my entire life experience it within myself i can see parts of both of my parents within me and i think when i was younger i was afraid of being weird are being like not taken seriously, especially because mm-hmm. like accountants are very like rule driven and black and white, we got the numbers, we just need to know where they go. So I would hide it for a long time. And then like every once in a while, you kind of like stumble across, especially in San Diego, you stumble across some, some other hidden spiritual people in the accounting world. You see each other, you're like, we got to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So over time, I kind of just got more comfortable in my own skin. Also found a lot more of those hidden spiritual people. As mental health has come really to the forefront, especially with the pandemic, people are seeking out more and more ways to heal themselves, to feel better. And spirituality has been one of those really common ways to do that. So I think within the last year, I've just been like, you know, I I am who I am. So I'm going to not always lead with that and not always like cram my spiritual practice down people's throats, but um, just be really open about it and open to answering questions and not holding
2: back.
3: Episode three, Jeff King. It's interesting that that the most powerful thing is really the human imagination. And what's also crazy is how far we have come from different things to where technology now is literally indistinguishable from magic. But if, We've been around for so long. If if you look at the span of the first car to the Tesla now, it really hasn't been that long. Or if you want to break it down even even further, the, the first iPhone to what the now what the newest iPhone is, it's ridiculous. Like 14 years? Yeah, something like that. So think about if there are other civilizations out there that we don't know about and they can visit us. If they're visiting us, then clearly they have been around for so much longer and tapped into something technologically, spiritually, all that, that we just don't have access to. I think a lot of us are trying, but I think a lot of people also refuse to believe it or maybe their imagination just isn't open enough.
0: Episode four, Casey Lott. And you talked about two sides of the coin earlier, and then we think back to your childhood trauma. Yes, obviously it was horrible experiences that you had to go through, but on the other side, it's inspired all this creativity and passion and helped you really find your true calling.
4: Yeah, I think it was my will to just resist that level of control of that religion, of my people. I really believe that my father's abuse came from... Him being suppressed and not being able to be self-expressed and accepted for that self-expression. And I think it drove him mad. And I think seeing other people that were very self-expressed, he very quickly wanted to control and suppress. It's like, if I don't get to do it, you don't get to do it. I think not being able to express yourself creatively can cause a lot of self-pain and harm. I got really lucky with... The death of my older sister, because it's almost like when you have one of those really, really bad breakups, any kind of like dramatic loss at that level that tears you to pieces. The benefits to that are when you come out on the other side of it, if you do, some people don't, but if you come out on the other side of it, there is a little bit of invincibility that happens where you're just like, you get in that next relationship and you're like, "Mm, a little bit more fuck it in your system. You're like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't give a shit if this guy likes me. I've done been through crying on the bathroom floor. Listen, let's everybody relax. Yeah.
0: Episode five, Mikey Link. Next question for you. Who is
5: Callie? Callie is, dude, she's the sweetest soul I've ever fucking met. I know on the outside, on the exterior, people think, oh, she's skittish, she's abrasive, whatever. But dude, she is... I truly believe dogs, they're better than people, dude. We've got people in our family that uh, they think the way we treat Callie, they're like, well, it's just a dog. And I'm like, what do you mean just a dog? You're just a person. And what do you mean just a person, just a dog? It's like they have the same fucking soul that you do. And anyway, going back to Callie, dude, she's the sweetest, kindest soul I've ever fucking met and she's our like keeper all she does is want to take care of us be the guardian to the the door because that's just what she knows right she thinks that's her job but yeah Callie's dude our absolute best friend we're so lucky to have brought her into our lives and yeah, she's amazing, man. She's she's the best. I mean, it just makes me smile just talking about her, dude. Like She is the absolute best soul I've
0: ever met. Episode six, Lexi Thodos. And so I'd love to shift to another part of the body that in Western medicine has been misunderstood or at least understanding has been very limited. And it seems like there's some really exciting new research coming out in recent years and that is, of course, the pineal gland.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, God, you're going to get me down on the pineal gland. It is the coolest, craziest. Okay, well, let's start out with back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. The philosopher Descartes, he had claimed this was the seat of the soul. And this is way before they had any technology to really dive in and see what was going on, what it was, what it's doing. But, you know, like you said, fast forward to today, and we've learned so much more about it. The pineal gland is a tiny little gland sitting at the back in your brain. It's probably the size of a big piece of rice, very, very small. But the pineal gland is. Neuroendocrine gland that makes serotonin and melatonin, which that alone is crazy because that is basically the process of taking sensory input from our eyes via visible light and being able to take that frequency and register it via our pineal gland. And from there, either start producing and secreting serotonin if it's the morning and we see sunlight or melatonin at night. And that encapsulates pretty much the essence of our circadian rhythm.
0: Episode seven, Pete Karabas.
6: So you think gold has a fixed supply? Not really. It's rare, but it doesn't have a fixed supply.
0: Bitcoin
6: is this digital perfection where it's this big code where you can't, print more Bitcoins. You still even hear politicians who have no idea what they're talking about say this, like, oh, we can print more Bitcoins. No, that's just, that's not how it works. You're missing <laughs> the point. So Bitcoin, in my mind, validates the whole thing. Bitcoin is almost the foundation of cryptocurrencies. Yeah. In Ethereum, the way I explain it to people who are getting into crypto, and I'm not a crypto specialist, but the easy analogy is always to go back to the internet and say, If you could buy a share of just the internet in 1999, would you do that? Yeah, that's probably a pretty good risk adjusted (laughs) return because the internet's going to be big, but the internet itself wasn't worth anything inherently. It was the stuff being built on. But that's what the difference is, is this whole concept of the Ether token that you need to pay to do certain contracts. So this idea of decentralization, Ethereum is like the backbone Think of it as the internet and all these different other altcoins are, call them websites or apps, businesses built on
0: top of this. Thank you all for listening to this trailer. And I hope if I've piqued your interest, you'll take the time to dive in further and listen to the full episode. So with that, I'll wrap up this introduction with a quote from Yuval Harari. The greatest scientific discovery was the discovery of our ignorance. Once humans realized how little they knew about the world, they suddenly had a very good reason to seek new knowledge, which opened up the scientific road to progress.